This is What The Flux. I'm Brett. And I'm Justin. And it's Thursday, the 2nd of February. Flux fam, before we get back into bite-sized business news next week, this week we are diving into Flux Summer Slices. We're doing bite-sized explorations of the most interesting industries, businesses, and economic events in Australia and around the world. Now, for today's episode, we are having a slice of the economics of the FIFA World Cup. Let's get into it. All right, B-Man, I've got a question for you to start this one. Italy, USA, France, Japan, Germany, South Africa, Brazil, Russia. What do all these countries have in common? I believe they're the most recent countries to host the FIFA World Cup, excluding Qatar. Now, Brett, <laughs> the FIFA World Cup that was recently held in Qatar was said to cost the country a fortune. But it's also said to have made a major impact on the host country's economy. But before we get to that, let's set the scene. Okay, every four years, a FIFA Men's World Cup and a FIFA Women's World Cup is held somewhere around the world. And Brett, how does a host go about winning the right to host a World Cup? Well, Jazzy Boy, to be honest, it can be a decade-long process, and it's largely about the money. The money. A country has to submit a bid proposal, and this proposal needs to outline why it makes financial sense for FIFA, which is international soccer's governing body. And also, the bid has to say how the World Cup will serve FIFA's goal of improving soccer's global reach. The winner to organise... The 222 FIFA World Cup is Qatar. Now, as we know, last year, Qatar hosted the Men's World Cup. But this year, Australia and New Zealand will host the Women's World Cup. All right, B-Man, we've spoken about money before, but how does FIFA, the governing organisation, actually make money from the World Cup? Well, there are three main ways that FIFA makes money, Jazzy mm-hmm. Boy. There's firstly broadcasting, yep. there's ticket sales, mm-hmm. and there's something called marketing revenue. And in exchange, when FIFA earns this revenue, they allocate part of the funding for the host countries to cover the tournament's overall operations. So last year, FIFA dished out around $1.7 billion to Qatar, including around $440 million in total prize money for the teams that participated. Which, to be honest, Brett, is absolute peanuts compared (laughs) to the $230 billion cost. But that World Cup in Qatar brought in a record $7.5 billion in revenue for FIFA. All right, so, Justin, that's the costs and the benefits for FIFA, but what about the host country? Well, the host countries rely on the economic impact from the tournament to generate revenue, but sometimes that short-term revenue is a bit of a sugar hit. Most of the countries see this investment as one that has long-term economic impacts. The aim is to increase tourism and hospitality and even foreign trade. But, Brett, let's be honest, there can be some pretty chunky downsides for the host country too. Absolutely. For example, there's the potential of overspending on infrastructure infrastructure and stadiums, and this has led to some hosts being in massive debt. For example, back in 1990, when Italy hosted, the general cost of the World Cup was around $4 billion US dollars. In 2014, when Brazil was the host, the cost jumped a little bit to, let's say, $10 billion US dollars. And in 2022, when Qatar hosted, the cost was around $230 billion US dollars. Holy smokes. Not to mention, Brett, they've been left with stadiums that don't really have a purpose post-World Cup. Get this one. Some host countries, which did not have existing stadiums, ended up incurring huge debt loads. As an example, let's talk about Brazil, Mm -hmm. Jazzy Boy. The cost of the 2014 World Cup there absolutely ballooned because Brazil needed to construct new roads Mm -hmm. and transit lines and stadiums and hotels. And now, the stadium that's in Brasilia, which is Brazil's capital, and that one cost almost $1 billion (laughs) to build, it's being used as a bus depot. (laughs) That is an expensive bus depot. Brett, Qatar, on the other hand, they spent well over a decade preparing for the 22 
2022 tournament, and more than $500 million was spent per week to speed up the development. Not to mention the allegations of corruption and human rights violations. Yeah. Given that global soccer has approximately 5 billion fans around the world, hosting the FIFA World Cup is viewed as an honour. Might be an expensive honour, but it's the world's <laughs> most popular sport. And when we think about the future, Jazzy Boy, the next Men's World Cup in 2026, that'll be hosted by the US, Canada and Mexico. And the next Women's World Cup this year will be here in Australia and co-hosted by New Zealand as well. So, B-Man, Australia will be hosting part of this Women's World Cup in 2023. What is this going to look like for the economy? What's exciting for us is that the Women's World Cup could be pump around $4 billion into the local economy. Now, according to some economists, we could see an uplift in tourism, retail sales, infrastructure spending, and then, Brett, there are, of course, the non-financial benefits for the sport too. Like increased levels of interest in women's soccer. It's expected that women's soccer participation will surge by more than 150,000 players over the next seven years. So, Jazzy Boy, how would we sum up what we can expect from hosting the FIFA Women's World Cup? Well, first thing is to say that stadiums are usually the largest expense for world-class sporting events. But given Australia already has purpose-built, world-class stadiums that can attract large crowds, we're looking good for a profitable World Cup. And around 1 billion people watched the 2019 FIFA Women's World Cup back in France. Mm -hmm. And many more are expected to watch this year when we host it. So, watch out, world! Fam, we hope you enjoyed today's summer slice and we've got two more coming over the next couple of days. Love it, Jazzy Boy. Thanks for listening and we'll see you tomorrow.